The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 15. I am Brian Kilby, and I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the defender of children, the protector of virtue and all that is holy, J.T. Hogg. J.T., how's it going? It's pretty good. You forgot the uh, kicker of diecast, too. The kicker of diecast, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be my new nickname after I get my hands on him. Uh, so hopefully we can make that happen in March or April, whatever it is, whenever the convention in Atlanta is. That would be awesome. I'll whoop them in a ring, parking lot, uh, hotel room, basement. I don't care. Cool. I'm going to take him down. That's exciting. Uh, this week on Take 4 Wrestling, we are talking about – I don't know why I picked this. It, I think I've been actively trying to pick really bad shows. And <laughs> you're, you're, you're on a good streak. I know. And this is <laughs> – <laughs> ECW's December to Dismember 2006. Um, it's pretty bad. Uh, but before we get into that, let's go ahead and go to uh, the gimmick of the week. And uh, JT, what's our gimmick this week? This week, we're going with The Missing Link. Now, uh, do you know much about The Missing Link? I have no idea. I don't know who that is. He uh, was a... Uh, Earlier, um, earlier wrestler uh, around the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Um, his real name was uh, Brian James John Dewey Robertson. He had a pretty long name there. He's Canadian, and um, he started out in the NWA with uh, Jim Jim Crockett Promotions with uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers as his manager. Now he was a uh interesting character under uh kind of the same as guys like george Steele and kamala where he was a wild man he uh wore face paint and had hair uh crazy hair like he would shave his hair and like little spots and stuff and uh supposedly he was the missing link between man and ape um he had a pretty successful time in uh nwa um there was even talk that they were going to put the title on him. Really? But uh, the NWA was a little concerned because he had a very bad reputation for substances and stuff. Uh, what did I, I, This is just me speaking off the top of my head. and We're recording, I think, a little bit later than normal. And I'm going on lack of sleep because of the election and other things. Uh, <laughs> did, did the NWA ever have a gimmick wrestler as the champion? I can't think of somebody, anyone off the top of my head. No, no. I now that you mentioned it, I don't think so. I'm trying to think. I can't think of one. So that would have been um, pretty rare for them. I mean, when I say gimmick, I mean everybody had like a gimmick, like Ric Flair's the Nature Boy and all that stuff. But like anybody that was like a character, that really seemed like it, at that point a WWF thing. I think it was just the way they presented it a lot of times. Um, Jim Cornette talked about that. Like uh, he talked about how people gave him crap about booking a mummy. Yeah, and he's he talked about how the guy was seven foot tall. Doesn't matter if he's dressed as a mummy. He was he was gonna kick your butt. That's Prince. What? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Um, 
Yeah, it's escaping me right now. Hey, uh, but he was a prince. But yeah, it was just a kind of like uh, he presented the boogeyman originally as just a crazy guy that thought he was the boogeyman. So uh, I think they that might have been how they maybe uh, got around that. But um, he actually uh, he had a really bad drinking habit, which he actually he beat later on. So yeah. it doesn't good for him. Um, he uh, did a lot of time in Mid-South Wrestling, and um, he was part of uh, World Class Championship Wrestling uh, Devastation, Inc. with Skandar Akbar. And um, then he made his way to the WWF. And uh, he was in WWF for a short time, uh, feuding with Hogan. He was actually an issue of Sports Illustrated with Hulk Hogan. Really? And um, he was he was a pretty big deal when he brought it uh, was brought in. He was managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, and uh, got a pretty good sized push. But um, ended up uh, it not working out for him. He was uh, planning to go in a feud with Hulk Hogan and everything. And um, he feuded with, like, Andre, and uh, mostly he wrestled uh, jobber matches. But uh, he left the WWF in uh, 85 due to some issues. <laughs> and um, then he went back to world-class wrestling where he was managed by Percy Pringle. And um, he, he retired around uh, early 1990s. But um, the good news is... Uh, he ended up um, uh, kicking the uh, steroid and alcohol habits, and uh, he discuss like he in his book, his autobiography, "Bang Your Head." Uh, he discussed like all his uh, troubles with steroids, alcohol, and drugs, and he uh, went around doing lectures in schools and prisons on substance abuse. And uh, became a born-again Christian and uh, formed a group in Ontario. And he also even served on the uh, Governor General's panel on substance abuse. But um, unfortunately, he died in 2007 uh, from lung cancer. Aww. But, uh, yeah, it looked like he cleaned up his life and did a lot of good for a lot of people. But uh, he was... Uh, Pretty crazy gimmick at the time. He was a big dude. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of him even. Uh, he was a big built dude. Um, very uh, scary looking. And uh, probably if he would have been clean in his WWF run, he probably would have been a pretty big star. Oh, cool. Interesting. But that's the gimmick of the week. Very cool. Okay, <laughs> uh, people who watch this, I'm sorry. Let's let's go ahead and talk about December to December. <laughs> you shouldn't be saying sorry to them. You should be saying sorry to me. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder. So like I I wonder how many people actually really uh, watch along. If you do, you should actually tweet at us uh, to our Twitter account, which is uh, what is it at uh, Take Four Wrestling. That's it, right? Yep, at Take Four Wrestling. Yeah, at Take Four Wrestling. So tweet at us. Let let us know if you actually do that. Um, I think. Like whenever I listen to podcasts where they talk about a show, normally I don't. I have a pretty good memory of things, but I try to pick things I haven't watched before or things that um, I love watching over and over again. 
that's like special to me. So I, I'm just curious if people if people actually watch along. If you do, tweet at us again at, at Take Four Wrestling and throw us a, fo- a follow while you do it. Yeah, you can always give us uh, your thoughts on the shows and uh, give us suggestions for other shows. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Okay, so wh- where do you want to start? Um, it's a, it's an ECW show that is. Uh, this was during the uh, rebirth of ECW when it was on Sci-Fi. This was the least ECW ECW show I think I've ever seen. Um, and they even had it in uh, Augusta, Georgia, which I thought was odd for ECW. That is weird. <laughs> but um, they only had actually two advertised matches for the show. Really? Uh, yeah, the rest of the matches were just thrown together. Uh, this is just horrible, horrible booking. Um, they had uh, the attendance on it was uh, 4,800 people, which isn't a lot of people. And uh, they they got about 90,000 uh, pay-per-view buy right, buy, buys. Um, and it was actually the lowest buy rate in WWE history until the network in 2014. And does that really count at that point? Yeah, that's – I think uh, the age of the pay-per-view for wrestling is over. Yeah. Because who's going to pay for them now when you can get them for – actually, I have the network, and I don't even watch any of the new pay-per-views. I, 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 I do. I do. And I mean, if, and you know that because normally we record on Sundays, and pay-per-views always throw, throw off our schedule. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and, Summer, and Survivor Series is coming up here in um, – Two weeks, so I will not. No, I probably will watch that one because the I want to see the Goldberg Lesnar match. I think it'll be amazing. <laughs> I'm um, just uh, no, it won't be amazing, but I'm certain it'll be better than um, the last match. Yeah, they might want it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, of course, this was the only ECW to dismember. Well, yeah, I guess it was, wasn't it? Um, and it didn't even go the full three hours. So I guess that is one positive we can say about it is that, uh, it was, uh, short, even though it felt long. Yeah, it really, really, really did feel long, like exceptionally long. I mean, I, (laughs) I normally watch these in a couple of settings, but I think I watched this one in three settings. Yeah, I, I uh, trudged all the way through it. Bless you, seriously. <laughs> I've had to trudge through a lot since uh, doing this show. I'm sorry. I really am. <laughs> hey, the thing is, uh, the Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view is not the worst one. No, I, I enjoyed that one. I mean, it wasn't uh, great wrestling, but it was it was fun to watch. I think that's it's kind of like bad movies. Uh, I mean, some bad movies are just fun to watch, but if it's a boring movie, that's the worst. Yeah, and that's honestly kind of how I've been approaching a lot of these. It's because I, I like some bad movies, and I, I think, oh, th- this is bad, so it has to be good, right? <laughs> no, no, Not it doesn't. Always. Not always. <laughs> that doesn't translate to wrestling as much. Uh, let's see here. So uh, first match was uh, the Hardy Boys uh, who defeated uh, Eminem, which I forgot about Eminem. I forgot they existed. Yeah, Joey Mercury, Johnny Nitro, and Molina. Yeah. And uh, the ring announcer, or the announcers for tonight were Taz and Joey Styles. 
and I forgot how bad Taz was on ring announcing. Uh, eh, he's not the worst. Well, he very rarely ever talks about the match, which I think he, that might have been because he was bored too that night. Well, I, also, they kind of say what they're told to say. So. <laughs> I just wonder uh, them watching it, what they thought, like in their heads, being part of the original ECW and then having to watch this. Um, yeah. That'd be interesting to find out what their thoughts were during the show. Yeah, I'm certain they thought it was crap, but, you know, they, they got paid for it, so. <laughs> Yeah, the Hardy Boys. Uh, re- this was uh, they were reuniting for one night only. This yeah, they, was before Matt was broken. Yeah, they uh, they uh, had um, they both were had singles careers at this point. Uh, this oh. was a. I thought it was a pretty decent tag match. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, nothing to write home about. Uh, I was never a big uh, Johnny Nitro fan or Joey Mercury for that matter. It- I like the Hardy Boys pretty good. They're, I'm not I'm not the biggest fans of them, but I think they're I think they're I think they are talented. Uh, but I, I didn't realize uh, Joey Styles in this said that they were the they were also WC, WCW champions. I didn't realize that the WWE actually continued using that belt for a short period. Uh, yeah, during the invasion, uh, they brought. They brought the WCW titles. I don't know if I would really consider that being real, true WCW champions. I but, wouldn't, no. Because they, they like to say that the uh, Dudley boys are uh, WWF, ECW, and WCW, and IWGP tag team champions. But I really don't consider that true WCW. Uh, I don't either, no. <laughs> but... uh and uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy are single-handedly uh, responsible for bringing in uh, all the guys in Hot Topic pants into independent wrestling. Really? <laughs> there's uh, every uh, bad show uh, that I've ever been on, there's usually like a Jeff or Matt Hardy clone. And they always do the swanton and they do the twist of fate. It's just, it's almost like every show has one. So they uh, brought in Hot Topic a lot of money. I don't know if you know much about uh, like independent wrestling culture with like uh, backyarders and stuff. I'm certain there's a ton of backyard wrestlers. I, uh, I, I have friends that are backyard wrestlers. <laughs> well, they uh, they try to uh, put on legitimate shows, and then like I end up in the ring with one. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. So it's like, well, I guess I'm uh, beating you up tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was an okay match. Uh, nothing to write home about. Uh, ultimately, uh, what happened? Did the uh, Who won? Hardy Boys won. Hardy Boys won. Okay. I couldn't even remember. It was a quick roll-up. Uh, I was more interested in the next match. I, I always loved, you know, Balls Mahoney, you know, uh, pour one out. Uh, he went against Matt Stryker, and I, I liked Matt Stryker. I liked his character. He, it was almost a Dean Douglas sort of thing. Um, I'm certain I'm certain uh, Shane didn't like Dean Douglas so much, but I did. Um, Shane hate, hated Dean Douglas. Uh, I thought he did a good job with it. You should uh, hear him talk about it. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Dean Douglas, you got an ass. Uh, but, <laughs> but he uh, bas- basically it was Balls Mahoney uh, 
against Matt Stryker, and Matt Stryker is obviously trying to be a, a spoil sport, saying that uh, he wants he wants the match to be as not basically not extreme as possible. Yada yada yada. Under Stryker's rules, yeah, which is silly, which is which is dumb. But uh, I, I like the fact that he. I don't like the fact that the match actually went in that direction, but I like the fact that he tried to push it in that direction. The the way that I would the way that I would have preferred to see that booked was that he fought for it, and of course, you know they they kept it an ECW style match, and the fans were hap- would be happy. But as it is. I mean, the fans were happy because Balls Mahoney won. And yeah. I, now, so I was listening to Balls' theme. It 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 sounds really close to the ACDC song, but is it the ACDC song or is it is it a is it a uh, WWEized version of it? It's kind of like Enter the Sandman. It's a WWEized uh, version of uh, Big Balls. Um, they probably didn't want to play that song oh yeah their family entertainment well i mean ecw (laughs) wasn't their family entertainment so much right well the uh it shouldn't have been but i think they sanitized it pretty good i mean i'm not a big i wasn't a big fan of the original ecw but if you're gonna do it do it you know like because those fans the the fans were merciless I don't know if it was just because it was under ECW banner that they thought they had to act like the old ECW crowd, (laughs) but they they were were definitely bored. WWE crowds do that now. Yeah, it's getting uh, it's getting worse and worse, I think. But uh, Matt Stryker, he's I think he's an interesting character all around. Um, He like uh, the way he was the school teacher and got fired Mm -hmm. because they saw him wrestling. Now, did he did that really happen? Uh, yeah, supposedly. I mean, I've, I haven't heard anything otherwise, but yeah, he was, he took sick time off to go to wrestle in Japan and he got, uh, he got caught, uh, by the school board or something and he ended up getting terminated for it. And that brought media attention and WWE scooped him up. But, um, he was, uh, I thought he was a pretty good wrestler too. He, yeah, he's not the worst. I like the fact that his trunks had his face right on the crack (laughs) of his butt. Which was kind of a funny uh, visual. Yeah, Taz and Joey Styles were pretty funny during that part when they were talking about that. Um, I like uh, I've listened to a few of Matt Stryker's uh, shoot interviews, and uh, he seems like he's he seems like he's one of those like uh, smart butts. Uh, yeah. But he, but he's cool. Like he's cool to hang around hang around with. But I could see where he would rub the, some people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he had to change in uh, outside the locker room for a while too, because uh, he called SmackDown like the the B show of Raw or WWE when he was a commentator or something. But um, I did uh, when he announced the match. He said it was going to be contested under Extreme Rules. Extreme. <laughs> Like, what, it was extreme, extreme. Ad- ad- adherence to rules or something? <laughs> yeah, extreme enforcement of the rules. That's funny. But I, uh, he was, but I do like that that created heat because then he started – he was the first one to actually break the rules in the match. Uh, he punched uh, Balls Mahoney in the face. And Balls was a uh, – he was an interesting character too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He uh, started out as um, – Oh, I, uh, it just slipped my mind. The guy from To Kill a Mockingbird. 
uh, Clare, uh, not Clarence, um, Boo Bradley. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Boo. Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He started out in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling as Boo Bradley, and um, Jim Cornette talks about him fondly. He said that he was actually a good worker, uh, and he didn't have to destroy his body. But uh, from some of the shoot interviews, he uh, he was an odd dude. Oh really? Uh, yeah, he was talking about how he's like he's like I'm a legitimate vampire. I drink legitimate blood, but I just don't drink anybody's blood. I gotta know him, you know. Like, so uh, he uh, burned out pretty quick, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, seemed like he would have been a fun guy to hang out with. I, I don't know if his, I could have survived. Yeah, I I always enjoyed his work. Yeah, because he actually could work. That was the thing. Um, a lot of those ECW guys, I don't know if they could actually put on an actual decent match without the hardcore stuff, but he could actually work. He could. He was a good. He was a good wrestler. I really enjoyed him, and he had a great character. The only thing I didn't like about him was he wanted to kill Hacksaw Jim Duggan for some reason. I don't know why. I didn't know that. Yeah, is the only one. I, the only thing I've ever seen on it was a, a shoot interview preview, preview, and uh, I never actually saw that part of the shoot interview. So I don't know why he wanted to kill Hacksaw, but he said he was going to slit his throat or something. That sucks. And Hacksaw's one of my favorite wrestlers, so I gotta, gotta oh. look out for the man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was this was an all right match. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was one of the better matches on the card, uh, but that's pretty easy to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so to be completely honest, the next match it wasn't a long match. Well, I guess it actually was about as long as anything else, but it had so many people in the ring that it felt shorter to me. Uh, it was uh, Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turke, who I don't remember. Uh, defeating FBI, the full-blooded Italians, which I always loved, which is Little Guido, and uh, Tony, was it Mamaluke? Marmaluke. Yeah. Um, and Trinity. Yeah. Uh, I, I, she was out there, too. I don't remember Trinity. I'll remember her after that outfit she was wearing. Whew. Yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that was very revealing. <laughs> I think she just covered up her uh, the important bits. That was about it. Funny, uh, but yeah. So uh, that was a match. Yeah, it was. Uh, I never really cared much for Elijah Burke. Uh, Sylvester Turquet wasn't around very long. Um, I thought he had a good look to him, but that was about it. He was, was pretty bland in the ring. Uh, I preferred the full-blooded Italians with uh, Tracy Smothers and uh, Tommy Rich. Those are my favorite full-blooded Italians. Yes, Tracy Smothers is my favorite FBI member. <laughs> Tracy Smothers is awesome. He's oh, a great guy. I, I don't doubt it. I do not doubt it. He's he's a lot of fun to be around, and he's considered one of the toughest guys in the business. I didn't know that. Yeah, he uh, he's a, like a legitimate tough guy. I've seen him get uh, pretty mad before. He got uh, mad one night after a show, and uh, he comes back through the locker room, and uh, I'm the only one paying attention, and he just punches the wall, and his hand goes right through the wall. And he looks over at me, and I look over at him, and we both got that look on us. So I uh, get up, and there's a uh, 
it was in a bar, so they had like a Budweiser poster. I took the the po- uh, po- tax out of the poster and moved it over and covered up the hole for him. That's funny. And he, <laughs> so he always thanked me for that. So that's how he remembers me now. Funny. That's sweet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this was a match. I don't remember a thing about it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even write any notes on it. It was just uh, Little Guido and Tony Marmaluke are both maybe 250 pounds together. Yeah. Just little tiny guys. Yeah. Needed a bigger guy in there or something. But Tony Marmaluke, uh, actually, uh, do you remember him in WCW? Not, not off the top of my head. Was that his, did he go by that name then, or was it something else? Uh, I, I, I think it was just uh, Marmaluke. And he uh, he was at the Pillman show in uh, 1999 that I was at when I was training uh, in HWA. Oh, cool. And uh, I remember he came up to me. He's like, and I had no idea who he was. <laughs> he's like, hey, can you go get my shirt in my hotel room? And I'm just like, I don't know who you are. And then later on, I found I was like, oh, I probably should have went and got a shirt. Now who cares? Because <laughs> he was just a little tiny guy. Uh, he's tiny in person. Uh, let's see here. Next match. Moving along. Davari. Oh, this is a great one. Yeah. Uh, Davari versus uh, Tommy Dreamer. With the great Kali. The great Kali. I forgot about Davari. Yeah, he's actually back right now, isn't he? Uh, I believe the, so. Yeah. The cruiserweight classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I really like the great Kali. What? He's he's hilarious. I don't necessarily like his wrestling, but uh. Whenever he does like uh, backstage stuff, he's hilarious. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad somebody. I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> well, he's just so awkward. Everything he does is awkward and weird. So I guess I heard that that's why they keep him around and uh, they kept him around so long in WWE because he was fun to be around. But uh, like. Uh, like the eating contests um, when he was singing Christmas carols. Did you happen to see that one with uh, Santino Morella? No. <laughs> they were singing uh, Deck the Halls, and uh, Santino would be like, Deck the Halls with balls of glow. Something. I forget the words of that. And uh, Great Collie would go, Fa la 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 la, fa la 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 la, fa la 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 la, fa la 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 la. Oh, it struck me as funny. Maybe I'm I'm a little weird. <laughs> so <laughs> but Tommy uh, Dreamer. Yeah, Tom, uh, he was in this match. Tommy Dreamer was in this match. I didn't realize how influential, not influential, how integral Tommy Dreamer was behind the scenes in both uh ECW, which I, I knew ECW, but also WWF. WWF or pardon me, WWE uh had um really liked Tommy Dreamer, apparently. Uh, Vince w- was very fond of him and they utilized him quite a bit. Yeah, he was I think he was head of their uh talent relations for a while. I, uh, was he that really? Maybe talent like uh scouting or something, like that type of position. I gotcha, okay. But not um, like not like the head of talent relations like um uh, which would have been uh, uh, Laurinaitis. Yeah, John Laurinaitis. I think he was close. I think he was close to that. Like maybe like second to John Laurinaitis. Interesting. But uh, yeah, they kept him around for a long time. 
I uh, then when he went to uh, TNA, like he asked for his uh, like he wanted to retire in WWE, and they gave him kind of a nice little send off. And then he went to uh, TNA. I didn't. That kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, the ECW TNA revi- uh, the TNA ECW revival was even worse than the WWF ECW revival. Oh God. <laughs> there we go. That's a, well. That's not on the network yet. No, it's so not going to be. Oh, you never know. They might WWE might get them eventually. The TNA stuff. Yeah, the TNA was bought by somebody else. So unless they play hot potato. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about. That. Yeah. Well, then we're safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, was this the match where uh, Sandman showed up? Uh, no, that was the next one. Okay, so Kevin Thorne and Ariel against Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly. <laughs> this this was a why match, pretty I, much. I love how Jim Cornette basically always uses Kelly Kelly as an example of everything that they did wrong with women, with women's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, she was... Uh, she didn't really have any ring talent at all. None. Zilch. I mean, she's cute. But, yeah, this was this match was just... Uh, I did like... I like Kevin Thorne and Ariel. I thought that they might have had a little bit of potential. Of course, I'm always soft to vampires. But... Um, and Mike Knox was, a, uh, I think, a little bit of wasted potential. Especially later on when he got more of a personality. Um, this match just, it had no buildup or anything. I'm not sure why they even had this match. I, it must've been just to get Kelly Kelly's, uh, love affair with CM Punk over, which I don't even remember that at all. But, um, it was, it was a pretty awful match. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an <laughs> awful match. Just the crowd just didn't care. Um, I mean, this like this this whole night was just a big train wreck. I would love to have been in like the uh, Booker Rider room for this and just listen to how they booked it and how they were selling it and stuff. And uh, I don't. And Paul Heyman had his hand in this too, which I can't figure out. Because uh, this was when Paul Heyman was actually uh, booking ECW. This was actually his last night as Booker of ECW. Uh, yeah, apparently he was he was uh, sent home the next day. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, he uh, this was just a horrible. This is probably one of the worst book shows I've ever seen. It's it's On a, it's pay per view. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Kevin Thorne and Ariel won. So, if, in case anybody's wondering about that, uh, Kelly, she uh, Ariel pinned Kelly Kelly. That Ariel, though, she's a weird lady, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I guess uh, Sandman showed up. I to what interfere? He showed up afterwards for really no reason. Um, and beat up Kevin Thorne with the kendo stick. Um, yeah, it was really no reason at all. Now that I think about it, he just came down. Which, uh, 
Maybe they should have put him in there with Kelly Kelly instead of Mike Knox. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just do not have any any energy for this show. It's just it's just so bad. In fact, it gets worse. <laughs> and yep, we're on now. We're on the Big Daddy. Uh, the Elimination Chamber is probably my least favorite gimmick ever. Ever, I hate it. Yeah, it kind of it sounds better than what it is. Like on paper, it sounds cooler, but I think the execution of it is never good. Um, I think basically, it, I prefer the Hell in a Cell over the Elimination Chamber. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, oh, uh, we didn't even mention Sabu. Uh, oh yeah, Sabu. This... He he got. Uh, who was it that actually took him out of commission? I don't think they ever said. Okay, I noticed. I know. I never. <laughs> I never saw. So was he supposed to be in a match or what? He was supposed to be in the uh, elimination chamber. Hardcore Holly took his place. Oh, ah, uh, yeah, that's right. And they, uh, I think that was one of the things that made the crowd so mad because. Uh, but he's hardcore Holly. Well, the thing is, like, Sabu got carried out in a stretcher. Now, you got to think about that. That's a guy that broke his neck in the match, finished it, taped up his ribs, taped up his – he puts duct tape around his knee to keep it in place, and he's supposed to be, like, super extreme, and then he goes out with a – in a stretcher. Yeah, it is pretty stupid. (laughs) And – they were there to see Sabu. I mean, this was the ECW show. It is really stupid. <laughs> An ECW. <laughs> I mean, you think of Sabu, Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, those are the guys you think of when you think of ECW. Not you don't think of Eminem and Matt Stryker and Elijah Burke, you know, <laughs> or Hardcore Holly. But uh, yeah, the crowd had nothing. They didn't want anything to do with this match, um, especially after a couple people got eliminated. But. Um, in this match was uh, Bobby Lashley, Rob Van Dam, Hardcore Holly, CM Punk, Test, and the ECW Heavyweight Champion, which Paul Heyman referred to him as the ultimate ECW champion. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Show. <laughs> which actually, the Big Show is actually the epitome of what ECW wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. This is so terrible. He was the extreme giant. God almighty. Okay, so uh what 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 do we have to say about this? Uh this was of course uh keeping with the rest of the car just w- badly booked. It was a badly booked uh elimination chamber match. It uh started out with um CM Punk and no, it wasn't started out by CM Punk, was it? It was started out with Hardcore Holly and Rob Van Dam. And um, then uh, with CM Punk, number three, number four was Test, five, Lashley, and six, the big show. But uh, the first one to get eliminated by Rob Van Dam was CM Punk, which. Uh, really made the crowd upset because this was just the start of CM Punk. So he was, uh, this was like his first, uh, pay-per-view main event. He was a young up and comer. That's how he was presenting this, which 
that's another thing when I go back to like when he was talking about how he was unhappy in WWE, he kind of started out on top. Yeah. So I'm I it still baffles me why he was unhappy. Well, on top in ECW. Well, yeah. But he was on the main roster pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, he was eliminated by Rob Van Dam. Um and then uh Test was eliminated by Hardcore Holly. Pour one out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but he wasn't actually pinned. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but the referee didn't even count three on that. That's crazy. <laughs> After a running big boot. I it was actually one of the worst running big boots I think I've ever seen from Test. I, I remember liking Test quite a bit, but I don't know why. Uh, he was a beast. I mean, he was a big dude. but He was very likable. Yeah, especially when he uh, uh, had the long hair. Yeah. And um, was kind of like the, the cool guy, you know. Uh, wearing the sunglasses, and he was part of T, uh, TNA with uh, Trish Stratus and Prince Albert. But, um, yeah, th- they made a big deal about people choosing their weapons during this, too. Oh, yeah, the weapons. I forgot about the weapons. And they, I don't think they barely used them at all. Uh, I think Test uses Crowbar a little bit, but other than that. This is like, but, this is like a gimmick match from a WWE, like, or WCW really video game or something <laughs> yeah. like, like something that they would have made for like the PlayStation one uh, and sold it like for $20 uh, immediately. Like as soon as it released, this is uh, WCW thunder basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, Rob Van Dam, he was then pinned by test mm-hmm. uh, with a diving elbow off the top of the chamber pod, which was actually a pretty, Pretty good move. Uh, I thought it looked pretty nice. And Test was pinned by Bobby Lashley, who we, I don't even yes. think we've mentioned Bobby Lashley yet. <laughs> well, uh, he came in uh, basically uh, by the time Big Show got in the ring, it was just Bobby Lashley. Uh, everybody else had been pinned because all these pins happened like within like two or three minutes of each other. Bobby, and, uh, Bobby Lashley improved quite a bit right after he went to TNA. Uh yeah, I I thought he was decent in WWE. Is he still their champion? Uh you know what? I don't think he is. I think he lost it to Davy Richards. Oh, okay. I could be wrong there, but it was one of those wolf guys. But he actually uh fights MMA in Bellator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually one of my uh one of the guys I know from Lancaster, uh Wes Sims fought him in uh Bellator. Interesting. Do you, have, beat up. do you have many friends that uh, go between professional wrestling and um, uh, MMA? Uh, not too many. Um, uh, Chris Cruitt, he uh, he used to do a lot of MMA, but he doesn't do it anymore. And uh, really, that's about it. Him and Wes Sims um, are about the only only two guys I could think of. I was offered to do it one time, but I real I figured if I lost, I'd be done. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to lose. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, with your size, it'd be hard to actually. Um, it'd be hard to actually do it. They're not that many big guys who do MMA. Well, it was uh, it was when I was a lot younger, so I was uh, I was probably about two eighty at the time. Oh, you'd, you'd have been great at that. I, I I didn't want to take the risk of getting beat in my uh, in in Lancaster, so I decided to back out of it 
because I wasn't trained or anything. I was a I, I wrestled in high school and stuff. And I'm a all right grappler, but how how are you how are you when it comes to uh, punching? Uh not very good. I'm not okay. much of a puncher. Okay. Because <laughs> I could totally see you like doing tough man and stuff like that if you were better at that. Yeah, I'm not much of a puncher. I like to grapple. In the few times I've gotten into scuffles. Uh, so, let's see. I like to smother them. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, uh, Bobby Lashley won. Was this his first ECW uh, title? Yes. Uh, yeah. This uh, He pinned Big Show with a spear. Was it his only title? Oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think he was U.S. champion. Okay. Because um, he kind of came in... Uh, when he started in WWF, that's uh was during a period I started watching it. He was two time ECW champion. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a United States champion on uh SmackDown. Um actually I enjoyed SmackDown during that period a lot. Uh two thousand five, two thousand six. Was that when Paul Heyman was booking it? Uh I don't know. Now that I think about it. If it was but, when, uh, when he was when it was really good was when he was still booking it. Might have been. Um, I was a big Finley fan. Who wasn't? Um, I always enjoyed him and William Regal. And uh, I liked the King Booker thing and uh, JBL and oh, all yeah. those guys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Bobby Lashley, uh, he's a pretty tough guy. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's a he's big. And now he knows how to fight, so I wouldn't mess yeah. with him. Actually, I got to see – well, uh, actually, I was at the WrestleMania where he beat Umanga in the Battle of the Billionaires. Oh, man. you! So you've been to WrestleMania. That's awesome. That's still on my list. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. We were pretty far back, and it was loud. But uh, it was a lot of fun to go there. Where was I it? I got to uh, – oh, where was that at? I think it was Detroit. Yep, Detroit, Michigan. Um, that was the one where uh, – Vince McMahon got his head shaved by Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, interesting. By the airing of this, we'll know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, but as of the recording, <laughs> uh, he may be president. I don't know. <laughs> as of uh, last check, uh, it was very close with the Electoral uh, College, so we shall see. Um, okay, so that's it. Let's go ahead and talk about next week's show. Uh, what is this? I'm not familiar with it. You wanted to do WCW Greed. WCW Greed was the very last WCW pay-per-view before uh, WWF bought it. And um, it was actually a uh, very interesting pay-per-view. Um, it's worth a lot of money on VHS. Like, if you can find the VHS tape, it's worth a lot of money. Really? <laughs> but um, you uh, it's the main event. Is oh my God, Scott Steiner! Oh my God, five thousand people attended. Just five thousand people attended this. <laughs> oh wow! It's kind of a shame because like the last three WCW pay per views weren't bad. Like they were coming into their own because they were using a lot of uh, newer stars. Um, of course, you had like Scott Steiner and like Diamond Dallas Page and all those guys. But, um, yeah, and this also has the match Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes against Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett. Wow. So uh, this will be fun. I think we'll actually probably enjoy this show. 
Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, well, cool. So let's see here. Uh, what else we got? Anything else to talk about this week? Uh, you, so we were going to talk about uh, Brock Lesnar versus um, Bill Goldberg, which is going to be, by the time you're hearing this, it should be just a few days away um, at Survivor Series 2016. Um, I'll be honest with you. It's such a ter- The first match was so terrible. And I honestly don't think it's going to have much in common at all with this match. I just didn't want to watch it. Yeah, I, I ended up watching it. Um, I don't know, like, I think if uh, the environment would have been different, it would have been a good match. Um, I think, because it's hard when you go out there and the crowd's just instantly against you, and it doesn't matter what you do, the crowd's just booing and hissing. It's hard to get into it, so I imagine it was probably hard for them to get into it. Um because the match, if you go back and watch it, it's not that bad of a match. Um, Their it match? was slow. Yeah, the, the one at WrestleMania. Well, you watched it since I did. I remember it being terrible. Well, I think a lot of it was was like the crowd. And the, I mean, they didn't really want to do anything, it seemed like. But like they started out slow, like they were trying to test each other out. and um, But... I would have liked to have seen it under different circumstances to see how good it, uh, cause I think it could have been a good match. Cause I think both of, I mean, Goldberg's not like a great wrestler at all. He's but not even a good wrestler. He's, uh, he's got the good charisma and Brock Lesnar. I think is amazing. Uh, Brock was, Brock is a much better wrestler today than he was then. Yeah, that's true. But, he, uh, he, having... he is legitimately amazing, but, um, yeah. I, I'm very interested in seeing how this new uh, their latest clash is going to work out because Goldberg looks tiny, but um, I was pretty impressed with the uh, pop he got when he came back. I didn't think the crowd would uh, be so engaging with him. I expected the crowd to turn on him, but that's because I expect the crowd to be full of people like me and not <laughs> and not people who are nostalgic for that. Yeah. I, I, I I have always disliked Bill Goldberg as a wrestler and as an attraction. I just do not like him. Uh I don't I just he, he hurt a lot of people. Uh he he ended Bret Hart's career. He put on a lot of terrible matches. So I am not fond of Brock Le- I mean of uh, Bill Goldberg. But with that being said, I can appreciate the build that they've done at this match. That's yeah, coming it's up. good. Yeah, it's it's been good booking. There's been uh, – I think WWE is has been uh, hitting the nail on the head with some of their booking lately from what I've watched. So uh, it seems like they've gotten really good at build-up. Maybe not as much on execution, but the build-up's getting good. But I think that's always what happens as the execution's never as good as the build-up. Unless it is. Yeah. Then I just didn't make any sense at all talking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's go ahead and just uh, remind people of our Twitter account, which is at Take for Wrestling. On uh, Just follow us. I mean, we tweet about, like, the show. Occasionally we'll tweet out, like, our thoughts about things. Um, and uh, it's it's always definitely worth following us because we're awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at BKilby. Uh, and what are you on Twitter? I forget. I am at JT underscore hog. I think I've been forgetting to say the underscore for a while. 
So people have probably been looking for at JT Hog. Uh, let's see. You are on Facebook at uh, tfradio.net slash H-O-G-G. That's just a shortcut to take uh, people to your Facebook fan page. Yeah, you can uh, buy some of my T-shirts. You can watch some of my matches, uh, see some pictures of me sticking my uh, rather large butt in people's faces. That's awesome. I, I, always, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean this to sound weird, but I, I always enjoy seeing those photos. <laughs> We'll just be lucky you're not the guy that I have to do it to. Uh, I'm not looking forward to seeing what happens to Diecast. So. That's right. My butt will go in his face. That's a promise. Yeah. Okay, and uh, <laughs> let's see here. You can follow. If you want to actually check out all of our shows uh, that we do, we don't just do this wrestling show. We, we primarily are known as the Transformers Internet Radio Network. Uh, of course, we're the home of Radio Free Cybertron, the original Transformers podcast, and one of the world's first podcasts. I started doing this stuff back in 1999, before some of you were probably born. Before there were even podcasts. Yep. Yes, long before the word podcast existed. Long, long, long. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, you can check that out, tfradio.net. Uh, all of our shows are there. Um, also, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tfradio. And uh, I have been posting more to Instagram lately uh, from our account, which is uh, TF Podcast. Check that out. Well, JT, I think we are about wrapped up, and I'm going to go back to watching election results because it's still not called as of oh, right now. We're about 20, uh, 20 minutes to midnight here on the East Coast, so uh, we'll probably I, I will probably be up for quite a while. Well, hopefully, it'll be uh, resolved by the time this. Uh, gets posted. I hope so, man. I really do. <laughs> you never know, though. I, you never know. <laughs> okay, well, we will catch you guys out there next week. Uh, JT, thank you for being here. Uh, we will see you later. Have a good one. See you later. See you later.